The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. I know you're lazy. It's easier to pick a partner, less crazy, much less work, less purpose, less of A to Z, because I'm alpha, but it's hard to stay with me. You should know this. You know it. And I know you know it. I knew it, but I had to look at the lyrics because I was like, I know the song, but I don't know. The you know, sometimes you throw me just because you changed your voice and the, and the cadence off uh, up a little bit. So you just, like, I was listening to it like, yeah, you got me on that one. You and me and everyone we know, the lovely Jane Gray. Got it. What up, people? This is shit you might have missed on Flash Black Radio. Stumping the collective today is me, Takia, T. Rich. To my left, ye of Reese's <laughs> possession. Yeah, I'm tearing this shit up. Sorry. Uh, Lee Bennett the Third, a.k.a. Da Vinci Parks. Coming to us uh, from a padded room. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Savage, maybe losing my mind, maybe getting more sane. Who knows? It's a delicate balance. It is. It's a very thin it line. Is. Y'all going to make me lose my mind. We go forward. We go back. Sometimes we take it off to the side a couple paces. You know what I'm saying? It's like a jungle sometimes. Makes me wonder. I keep from going under. Huh. <laughs> I know that one. So, um, before we get into the number of trash ass people, it's I just want to, it's a number. Wow, yeah. okay. Did you guys see the, the Grownish reboot? Grownish reboot? It's back on there? The intro. No, I didn't. So not. it comes back January 2nd. And the intro um, is though the, the, the Grownish cast doing. Redoing the different world intro, but with the sta- the grownish music mm-hmm. remixed. Dope. I hope that makes sense. You know, I got it. I got it. it. Yeah, yeah. That sounds dope. Hot, but it does. It's so hot because they're doing. I mean, they're, it's still them, and mm-hmm. they still have like the red cups at the end, and the guy that sells drugs. They actually show him with a suitcase selling drugs. And yeah, so check it out. It's good shit. Very apropos because. It's basically the the same shit, kinda. <laughs> um, I like that. Yeah, it I'm was look good. It up. I'm gonna check it, it out. It made me smile over the weekend in America. It's a black person, which is sometimes hard to do. Speaking of motherfuckers who ain't smiling though, Salima um, Kill. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Child, child, child. So, 
Salim's 10-year side piece. 10 years? 10 years. A decade. Half his marriage. How how he how's he gonna do the show about being so in love and then Did you not hear how we were talking about how he's trash? Every time we talked about that show, we talked about how he's I mean, trash. Well, you you, you know my stance on the show. <laughs> I couldn't even watch it. How his attitude was so problematic. Mm-hmm. Like all of this that came up in the accusations was so easy to picture based on mm-hmm. what, saying, what he himself has put out there about himself. Mm-hmm. Forced on. oral sex. I think he said she said that he um, peed in her mouth. Yes. Wow. Yeah. After he slapped the shit out of her. Mm-hmm. And he likes to beat women. Maybe not the one he's married to, but certainly other ones. Um... Stole her idea was saying that the whole idea of love is is based on like something she wrote and the character Nuri is actually based on more on her than it is on Mara. Mm. He came out through his attorney and said um, basically like I used to have a relationship with this person, but I, I never hit her or did these other things. So he did not come out and deny Cheating on his wife. I okay, so I don't really have much to offer to this conversation because um, it's well documented how how I reacted to the the show love is. It's horrible. I, I but <laughs> I'm like, what are y'all gonna do for season two now? Yeah, hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I didn't get past episode three, so I don't, I'm not, I'm not invested. I don't really care. But what I will say is this: when you sent me, uh, you you. You didn't even send me like we're gonna discuss this. You just said Salim McKeel. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that name looks familiar. I felt like I know I should know this name. So I literally just like did a real quick Google, like, oh yeah, that dude. Mm-hmm. He looks way different than he did in the in the Love Is show. Mm-hmm. Or or the I don't yeah, anyway. So mm-hmm. there's that. And then uh what I what what came up was the the lady who made the allegations and whatnot. And then there was this if you like go into Google Pictures. It's a picture of him with his wife, Mara Salil. And then Mara Brock Akil. Mara Brock, I'm sorry. Mara Brock Akil, I apologize. And then also the, as you said, side piece. I'm just going to say Miss Brenner, Dixon, Mm -hmm. or Dixon Brenner. Um, Yeah. I'm going to say that they they have a lot of similar features. They do. He definitely has a type, apparently. I thought it was just like I thought it was very weird. Like it threw me off. I was like, why do they have the same woman? Like, I said, oh, this is oh, it's two different people. So I feel like this story ties into two things that I want to discuss. In addition to, this. are you bogling while you do that? <laughs> no, but but I'm so I, I, this whole th- everything is trash. Yeah. So like. That's the segment. Whole, Everything is trash. The whole reason why she wrote this screenplay, this script for this TV show, was to show to him what it felt like to be in love in an abusive relationship. So let's start there. Let's unpack all the healthy red flags that we see in this TV show that he has tried to repackage about his great love to his wife and let's actually be able to break down all the abusive red flags and be like, did he lift it all just from the page and like change a few things around? Because I feel like 
nothing about this relationship that you know he has portrayed on tv is healthy to anyone who knows anything about healthy or abusive relationships and so it just kind of like makes her all the more believable because the content is there on the screen Mm -hmm. and he's so arrogant Mm -hmm. he don't even understand that you should not take a script that your mistress wrote about what it is to be in love with her abuser you and then try and turn that into some romantic comedy dramedy type drivel because ultimately don't nobody want to be january jones or peggy from Mad Men. them bitches were miserable i didn't watch that show but i i know that was an apropos they were just trapped in the 1950s as they moved into the 70s because the men in their life were trapped in the 1950s it's just it's it's really sad i mean if you want to watch a study on patriarchy watch Mad Men. it's just it's sad it, it just um, it just looked too white to me I mean, but anybody who looked at love is and thought that that was a relationship to aspire to, please go see a therapist. It is not. People were liking that show. I don't understand why. People got fucked up ideas of what a real Mm -hmm. relationship that's healthy looks like. It was very frustrating for me to watch. (laughs) Just like thinking about how frustrating, like people are like literally yelling at me like, shut up. I normally don't talk during stuff. He was trash. The relationship was trash. It was just like, this is not a thing to aspire to. The only person who was not royally annoying was the The main. Yeah, the friend of the the woman. Who was basically like, he's trash. Right. Like, no, he's not. Right. (laughs) Right. I love him. You don't understand. He's got my Jeeps. Don't look for jobs. So... This tied into, did y'all get the article that I sent about the man who posted the status on Facebook about how um, he had been in this relationship that wasn't anything serious with this woman and she got pregnant and she wanted to have an abortion and he told her no. And so she said, fine, I don't want to have anything to do with the child. I will have the child for you. You know what I'm saying? And then it is yours to raise. She had the baby. She gave it to him. She pays 125% of the court uh, order child support and has no contact or visitation or anything like that. And he on Facebook talking about some she a deadbeat because she don't want to come and see her son. And I don't even know if she had a boy or if she even know that the baby was born after midnight. So she may not even know his birthday and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and everybody, of course, came for him and was like, oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? Clearly, you know what I'm saying? You terrified this woman into having a baby for you. You know what I'm saying? Which, by the way, is abuse and neglect. And thank God she was just able to get out. And I feel like the way that ties into this um, Salima Keel thing is that so we got this woman in this Facebook post, you know what I'm saying, who was so terrified she had a baby that she wants nothing to do with, you know what I'm saying, because that was the only way that she probably felt that she could safely extricate herself from this situation. And then we have a woman, you know what I'm saying, who has been in a relationship for 10 years 
and has already, you know what I'm saying, addressed through her attorney people with their doubts about the fact that, first of all, they travel in the same circles, you know what I'm saying, socially, as far as their professional lives are concerned. So she was afraid of any kind of vindictive moves that he might make, you know what I'm saying? Second of all, you know what I'm saying, he was actually violent with her, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, there's that aspect of the fact that people often don't leave because they fear for their personal safety. And then there was the fact that he dangled all of these opportunities in front of her that he would then pull back. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel like, you know, manipulation is probably the biggest tool of domestic, of, of domestic abuse and, and, and intimate partner violence that there is. And it's not always the act of violence being perpetrated constantly. Sometimes it's just the impending, the implied threat of violence that you know may come if you don't behave. And when your lives are so tangled up together that your work life, your home life, all of that shit is all, you know, messy and you can't really separate them because the way your industry works or the way a lot of industry works, you know, our social lives are so enmeshed with our personal lives, you know what I'm saying, that we really don't have any recourse a lot of times, but to stay in unhealthy relationships. And I just feel like, you know what I'm saying, we all need to take a step back and look at this relationship on screen and start tying those red flags and that unhealthy shit to the things that you see in the people around you. You know what I'm saying? Because like, it's way more pervasive than we think. Because the last thing that I wanted to talk about is Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know what I'm saying, has been uh, accused by two women, one an astrophysicist and another a former employee of sexual harassment. And now people are starting to pay attention to a third woman who's been claiming that she raped, uh, he raped her in undergraduate for the last at least eight years now, if not longer. And so just because we put on a good face, you know what I'm saying? Just because we are smart, respectable black men doesn't mean that we are not perverts and rapists and bullies, you know what I'm saying, behind closed doors. I did see that there were allegations against him and I saw that he released some statement about like not being silent any longer or some shit like that. That's about as far as I got, though. Oh, and along those lines, George Bush, he died. It's sad, but he too was a groper and a war criminal. So whatever. I'm so confused about the outpouring of support or condolences. For George Bush? Mm-hmm. Look, the best I'm, thing we going to get out of George Bush's death is another funny moment between Michelle and W. Oh, yeah, because he definitely has a... He's he's ready to risk it all. <laughs> W's ready to risk it all for Michelle. <laughs> Make no mistake about it. <laughs> he might have killed his daddy so he could spend some time with Michelle. <laughs> who who going to shoot him first? Barack or Laura? <laughs> we know Laura could shoot a gun. Or a legion of black women like, no, you will not, sir. No, you will not. <laughs> Yeah, W loves. He might not care about black people, according to old Kanye, but he oh, loved himself some Michelle, <laughs> whose book was amazing, by the way. And if you haven't gotten it, 
read it. Yes, it was so beautifully written. Did you want to perhaps do like a, like a review that we can put up on his, on the website, maybe? Sure. Cool. I cool. can do that. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. it was very well written. Um, I wanted to go see her when she was at, what is it now, the Capital One Arena? Yeah. Because she's yeah. doing a book tour, but, you know, sometimes bitches be poor, and those tickets was kind of expensive. Um, <laughs> but where was she in... Was it New York? I don't know where she was. I she just was heard about Ph- it. She was in Philly uh, last week on Thursday. Wherever she was, she was like, yeah, that lean ass shit don't always work. That's and- what, yeah. <laughs> I think that was New York. And I was so proud of her because I was like, finally, somebody of some substance saying that shit don't work. It's a lie. It is. And it's an all the way lie perpetuated by, you know what I'm saying? I, what, 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 what can we call Sheryl Sandberg? You know what I'm saying? Because she lied like Sarah Sanders. You know what I'm saying? But can we, she, can we, can we you know, go back and elaborate on the lean in comment so we know exactly what Michelle Obama was referring to when she said that lean in shit don't work? So Sheryl Sandberg, she worked for Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. And, CEO, I believe. Or yeah, CFO. Some shit like yeah. that. And, I know I, I sometimes I struggle to read certain articles about certain people. Um <laughs> but basically she was like giving this somewhat of a directive um yeah. about how women can get ahead in like the workplace or in cor- corporate spaces and you know she used this phrasing of lean in and it's supposed to like help you get noticed or Get your seat at the table or something. Does she like mean that. physically leaning? Like, like I'm, I, I, I saw. She wants women to lean into their careers and to motherhood and to wifedom all at the same time mm. because you can have it all like she does. You know what I'm saying? She just failed to mention the staff of lesser paid, less wealthy, probably brown women. Who support her entire lifestyle from, you know what I'm saying, the nanny that she takes to work with her every goddamn day, you know what I'm saying, to the, the army of countless nameless, faceless people who make sure food magically appears in her refrigerator, clothes and magically appears, washed, fold, and put away, you know what I'm saying, house magically appears, clean, fresh smelling, you know what I'm saying, guest bathroom all made up, you know what I'm saying, for the two people you won't have come over this weekend, you know what I'm saying, all of that shit magically happens because she tells somebody else to do it and the reality is whether or not she pays them well is beside the point because they are sacrificing their families to be able to care for hers because i promise you she's not paying them enough you know what i'm saying to have support staff at home so then it was a lie but then her husband up and dropped dead you know what i'm saying suddenly and so then she wrote another book about how well maybe leaning wasn't all the way true you know what i'm saying because you know i have grief fuck you bitch yeah uh, <laughs> but there were some good there was there were some some good little things in in becoming it was it was very enjoyable. I liked it. I felt like I might need to give that a read in the new in the coming year. There's some things that are slow on my reading list that I've been kind of wanting to finish or start and finish. Uh, so I want to do those first, but I think I want to check that out. I just thought it was interesting to see how with encouragement and like support 
she was afforded these opportunities mm-hmm. and it wasn't neat. it wasn't like it was like encouragement and support from her parents and sacrifice from her parents and you know like she talked about being in a classroom and the teacher didn't give a shit wasn't interested in teaching and the classroom was chaos and she and a handful of other students whose parents advocated were pulled out of that classroom and placed in a different classroom. And how, you know, something seemingly as small as that could have had an impact because it was always, she talked about how she always got the message that, you know, you matter, you're important. And just the importance of having someone who's who's always encouraging you. And even just, you know, some of the people that she came across um, Santita Jackson, who is um, Jesse Jackson's daughter, who she's been friends with since like high school because they went to the same high school. And Jesse's got roots in Chicago, so that makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, and she talked about how she met Valerie Jarrett, and um, just also just making the shift from you know having things in order the way she put them in order and being in control of her life and not being in control of her life um, and having everything like have to be scheduled and just like some of the missteps. And I thought it was, I mean, some, even just the way she would describe like winters in Chicago and, you know, you think of winter in Chicago and you're like, that's some brutal shit right there. Like, I, I but I mean, she still, you still felt like the same brutality of the winter, if that's like a thing I want to say, and I do. Um, But it was like very, it was written very nice. And Mm -hmm. just this idea of like insulating and protecting her daughters and making Mm -hmm. sure that even though that, even though they're allowed or afforded certain privilege, that one of the privileges that they are afforded is like to be children Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. to not get so swept up in. Or at least as much as they could not in, you know, the Obama presidency. And mm-hmm. I, I want to say again, and I, I said this before, what struck me more than anything, because there's a lot to take in when uh, President Obama was inaugurated and did the whole, it's a very long day. And I watched a lot of it on, on TV. So I'm not about a whole bunch of crowds in in, the, in cold weather. That's just not the two mixes I want. But <clears throat> in watching it, I was more struck that a, there was going to be a black first lady. That mm-hmm. to me was just like like wow for me. You know what I mean? And I, from what I had seen of her up to that point, I just thought she just carried herself so well. And you think about they had two girls who were literally little girls when they went when the Obamas went into office. Mm-hmm. And by the time they were leaving office, one of them was college bound or taking a gap year. Mm-hmm. And how those little girls were able to basically come of age and do so without controversy and to do so in a way where they weren't constantly in the spotlight. It's 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 admirable. I mean, it's, it's not too dissimilar from what happened with like Chelsea Clinton since Chelsea Clinton wasn't in the media a lot. But at the same time, this level of scrutiny on the Obama White House is, was just different. And I don't think anybody would disagree with that if they're being fair and like, you know, balanced in the way to look at things. So to be able to 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 raise 
two children and for them to seem still well balanced. I don't know them obviously person, but for them to seem to be well balanced after being children in the White House, that 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 in and that is also something that you gotta kinda tip your hat to because that's not an easy thing to do, I don't think. And she talked about that idea, obviously, of um being scrutinized more because they they are the first black family um and was saying like you know the president is afforded a hundred thousand dollar renovation budget which they refused and renovated everything like out of the money that they had earned from when his book got popular again Mm because When it was originally published, you know, he, nobody knew him. Mm-hmm. And it was, he was just like, oh, we need money. I'm going to write a book. And nobody bought the shit. And then when he, you know, got popular, it it picked up traction. And so that's what they, they used the money from the sales of the book to re-renovate um, the White House, you know, to, to their, to their liking. liking. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is wild because at the end of the day, they don't get to take that stuff with them, do they? It's just kind of becomes part of the White House at that point. And just no, but but uh, one thing that it does do is that it enters all of the stuff that they chose into the historical record, and so it allows it to be options for future people. And which to me, it's just as awesome. Which I was going to say because they were. She was also <laughs> talking about how it was important to um, add some artwork by black artists. Mm-hmm. Um, when they changed, I think it was like the official dining room. And then like one of the sadder parts to me was um, when the Supreme Court passed the um, law for gay people to marry. And she would, they, they put the rainbow colors on the White House. You remember when they did that? Vaguely. Yeah. It was like they, light, they flooded the lights on. Was, right. Yeah, they it, like, and she was saying how she was like walking through the residence. And I did not know the White House was six floors. Um, but I don't really pay attention to the White House. Hmm. Um, she was saying like she was walking through the White House and through the residence. And like there was purple light coming in. And she was like, oh, that's right. I forgot. We said we we're going to do that. And so she was asking, she asked Sasha if she wanted to go see the lights because she wanted to see the lights on the house. Mm-hmm. And Sasha was like, nah. So she asked Malia, and Malia was like, yeah. And then it became this whole thing of them like running down the stairs with Secret Service running down behind them because there's a protocol for mm-hmm. leaving the White anything, House. Anything they do, they got to have a protocol for it. Right. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, let's step outside. Okay, cool. It's like, no, this we have to get things in order. And she was like, I didn't want that. We just decided to like run down the stairs, and we're running past the ushers, and we get to the door, and the door is locked because somebody had jumped the fence and come in. And so now the door is locked. And so then they had to like find a different exit so they could go out and like stand in the shadows and not be seen, but still see it. And it's just like, wow. Yeah. I mean, just, uh, for them to make appearances and for it to seem like it's, it's like, I think, did she do a car karaoke with James Corden at one point? Right. But that was also planned as part of, um, she did mis- mention the initiative. Mm-hmm. So, now, I, 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 I was mentioned. I was merely just trying to say that the amount of scheduling, mm-hmm. and it's not one of those things that we can do multiple takes. Like we got to get in, get out. You get what you get, and it turned out great and looked fun and everything. But the amount of stress that is to always be on schedule and have your life so regimented. I yeah, I, I know why she was like yeah, like even if Barack could get another four years. 
She's like, I'm not going that. You're going to have to do that by yourself, bro. <laughs> she was very clear about that. But even that, she was like, yeah, it looked fun and it looked, you know, kind of spurred a moment. But that was like, you know, days of practicing to make sure I got it right because everything is on a schedule. Everything is planned like down to the minute. Mm-hmm. And she she reiterated, as she's reiterated like repeatedly over the years and through this book tour that, no, I'm not running for president. I'm not interested in it. I'm not built like Barack. He's into politics. I'm not. I've never been into it. I'm not going to be into it now. Mm-hmm. I don't like the nastiness of it. I No. Yeah. But it's great. I just want her to tell people, look, seriously, it was eight years. I just got my life back. If y'all mm-hmm. don't sit the fuck down, like, that's what I actually want her to say. That's, that's, I, I mean. I know she got to be diplomatic, but I feel like stop asking people. First of all, it's not her responsibility to save us. Second of all, like, could she be any more clear about the fact that, like, she want her life back? Like I think they both been clear about that when they started releasing pictures after the presidency with the white pants. You know what I'm saying? And the, and the parasailing and the, and, the, and the yachts and the cigars. and like, yeah, oh, yeah. We're we, we, we about to enter this second phase of our life. Didn't she have some deep side boob in Italy? Maybe. Yes, she did. I feel like she did, yeah. Okay, maybe. She was like, yeah, no, we're not going back to that. And I also liked how she was just like, yeah, when um, at the Trump inauguration, like, yeah, I'm intentionally not smiling. When I looked around and I just saw like a sea of sameness. It was like when you... Want diversity present? It takes it takes some effort, and I could see that, that effort was not being made. And so, why would I make any effort to smile on a day that's not happy? And so, I just stopped trying. That's like big up. That's what's up. I mean, Melania stopped. Why? <laughs> well, Melania was trying to smile, and Trump said something mean to her, and then she was very sad after that for the rest of the day. Well, she deserves it. She has no heart. Um. There is a community in Syria, Genwar. Have you heard about it? Mm-mm. I don't know. It's all women. Okay. They are trying to get rid of patriarchy. Mm-hmm. It's women who um, either their husbands were killed. Well, it's um, kind of like Rwanda then. <laughs> yes. I'm not trying to be funny, it's, but yeah. So, so they, basically they're widows and orphans. They some of them are, and some of them have just decided, like, I just want to go live with these women. Um, they all farm together, they eat together every night. It's like, I want to say, I want to say it's about 30 families. Mm. They farm collectively, they sell things, and they just work together to make sure that the community is sustainable. But they're like, you know, patriarchy does not exist here, and it will not exist here. That's what's up. And I respect that. I saw it and I was like, oh, wow, look at that bright spot. Especially in a war zone. Especially. I feel like, never mind, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to put that energy out there. All right. That's what's up, though. What, why are you looking at that? Stop look Liberia you. Civil War. I'm just going to say that. Hmm? It was the women who stopped Liberia Civil War. The women in the market, mm-hmm. they got together. I forgot what it was, but they went on strike, and it worked. So it was like Chirac, but like for real. I've never seen Chirac. No. Neither have I. That, I haven't seen that, it either. That was more with sex. This was more along the lines of commerce. and. and I was being funny. Uh, but nah, I, I, was, I was mentioning the Rwanda thing because I read an article 
or no, I watched something was on Netflix. It's like they have explained, they have a series, and uh, on the series they were talking about women in politics and stuff like that, and they did a, a focus on Rwanda, basically saying after the genocide that happened in Rwanda, basically all the men were dead or they were young boys. So the women had to step into every aspect and facet of life within their community and culture to pick up the pieces. So they had to fill political positions. They had to fill military positions and, and, and healthcare positions and so forth down the line or whatever. So now that Rwanda's actually run more by women than men and they're, they're thriving. So I, 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 I'm not surprised by it. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised by it. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what goes on in Rwanda, but I would just like to say that the same thing happened in Finland and Sweden um, after World War II, which is why they have so many women who are in elected office and positions of power. But I would also like to say that I can't, again, speak for Rwanda, but in Finland and Sweden, the domestic violence is off the fucking charts. And one of the things that they've talked about is that there's a lot of like, outward social progress in the sense that, you know, yes, they don't, you know, you know, people, people aren't necessarily getting married in Scandinavia and they aren't necessarily shamed for premarital sex. You know what I'm saying? But like, and there's a lot of women who are in positions of power and they make a lot of money, but there is um, still like a lot of really strong patriarchy and the way that that comes out there, especially because women have so much public power, is you know a home. lot of really intense domestic violence. Yes, I feel like that makes sense because I feel like the only way to exert power, I guess, would be in the home. So right, some right, people just and, go and, overboard. And I can see that, and, and it's very intense. It's not just you know like it, it's it's super intense. So yeah, but this is a little different in that it's intentionally set aside. Oh no, Syria, yes. Right. Outside of I mean it's yeah, it's intentionally set aside and it's like, yeah, this is this is what we decided. This I can't remember what Genmar stands for. It it translates into something. Please hold. I like it. I like it too. When I saw it I was like, that's what's up. I really like it. Another bright spot. Another reason to smile. Mm-hmm. Totally unrelated, but why do they sell pumpkin spice chocolate? I why just, do they sell pumpkin spice kitty litter? I, <laughs> That's a thing. It's a legitimate thing. I know, and I'm going to laugh every time because yeah. it's just wrong. But I saw the pumpkin spice chocolate, and it was like, you have this after your coffee. And I was like, no, no, no. Are, are, are we, like, as Americans, just, like, growing a lot of pumpkins like they did with corn? It's just like, we just like, and we just need to put it in everything? Is a, It's no not even the it. pumpkins. It's the spice. But there's not even pumpkins in it. It's just oh, flavor. I, I don't. I thought because it said pumpkin spice. I just. I'm sorry. I'm mm-hmm. ignorant. I don't. I don't do pumpkin spice, so I don't. Well, you shouldn't because it's sweet trash. <laughs> the average food products that is sold to Americans, and please take note that I said food product is exactly that. It's an edible food-like product that in no way resembles what actual real food looks like. So, you know, some many years ago, 
Starbucks the introduced the pumpkin spice latte. latte. Yeah. But, you know, it was only a seasonal thing because they do have seasonal drinks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it became a thing of like, ooh, it's and then, yeah, pumpkin spice latte season. It. Yeah. And then it's like, ooh, PSL. And so people are like, oh, let's kind of capitalize on this, mm-hmm. you know. A certain like demographic likes pumpkin things. But I feel like they're the same demographic that eat the McRib because, like, it's the seasonal food thing that I just, I don't Man, comedian Bill Burr says something about the McRib. He said every time politics gets, like, really fucked up or whatever, they bring the McRib back. <laughs> and people kind of forget about everything that's going on. It's so, like, you know, people be mad and shit or whatever. They bring the McRib. Like, what the fuck was I? Was I? Like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I think this year has been like much worse and and pumpkin spice. There's been a lot of pumpkin spice. Pumpkin shit. spice everything. They got yeah. pumpkin spice Oreos again. Pumpkin spice kitty. Why why does your cat's shit need to smell like pumpkin spice? Anything. I What's, don't understand it. If you just get the regular kitty litter, you won't smell the shit or the piss anyway. So why that? does it need to be pumpkin spice? I'm sorry. It's all good. What's I that? Use, that's, I use pet petting. What was that site you was it Etsy? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. You can find anything on. Mm-hmm. I bet you they got pumpkin spice condoms. Let me look that up. <laughs> I do not. Wanna. I, I haven't been on Etsy either. I, I, I'm starting to feel do not want to suck of shit a right pumpkin now. spice dick. Um, somebody might. I'm sure they do because they actually might. like pumpkin. It, it pumpkin spices. It's have you ever had it? No, because I don't like pumpkin. I like like the only thing that I've had pumpkin related is pumpkin pie, and I feel like pumpkin pie is a lie. <laughs> oh my motherfucking god! What's wrong? Durex actually makes pumpkin spice condoms. Yes, yes, yes. That's why I'm speechless. Lee been to third for the win, ladies and gentlemen. What the. <laughs> <laughs> Wowzers. Wow. Oh, well, Snopes says it's false. Okay. Oh, even Dorex relates the statement to Huffington Post and said it was false. Okay, I was about to say, that, that, that's hilarious, though. Let me, what, let me tell you what the headline is. Sadly, pumpkin spice condoms aren't a thing after all. <laughs> Sadly. So somebody wants them. <laughs> oh, God, no. Maybe they make pumpkin spice blowjob gel, though. Or whatever. Spice yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Because they, they, I know they have flavor. They have watermelon and yeah, all that other shit. So why not have pumpkin spice? Fuck around to get diabetes eating pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really want cinnamon near my pussy because I feel like that's a heat that you don't actually want to feel. Because I've had too much feel. cinnamon in like a cookie and been like, ooh, it's kind of peppery. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I have accidentally gotten some tea tree oil down there. Like, no. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. No. Like, so that, that's like short of post-amon oil, which is short of tiger bomb. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are levels to it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not oh, None God, of those good, no. though. Just... Fire. Burn. <laughs> burn the fire. But Glide does make pumpkin spice lube. So, I believe yeah. it. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't understand. I don't understand why. Like, of all the things in the world, why pumpkin spice? That means that you would probably buy a McRib tampon. 
I just, I just had like I don't, I'm, I'm just gonna a visual. Like she didn't say that. I'm pretending she didn't. She didn't just say a that. A visual. Paired with no. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh. So, what else is there to? Oh Jesus! A fucking rabbit hole. Uh. What else is? What else is there? Uh. <laughs> This is this is like two weeks visual, in a row now, Christy. The, the visual, like I literally, I'm trying to get past this. Like I'm trying to transition, and my brain is not allowing me to fucking you know function what? right now. I, no, because the string is a fry. I blame it on the alone marathon. I've been watching this. Have you seen Alone? No. It is the most fascinating reality TV show. It comes on A and E. So like they take ten people and they literally drop them off in these isolated parts. Uh, first two seasons it was uh, Vancouver Island this season there in Patagonia and they dropped the motherfuckers off smack dab in the middle of nowhere make sure that the spots that they dropped them off in either have mountains or bodies of water that are too big or too hard for them to traverse to be able to get in contact with each other and they are there and they gotta live there as long as they can hope that they're the last man standing and all for what? $500,000 I done seen two people chop themselves with an axe by accident. You know what I'm saying? I done seen motherfuckers get hypothermia. Everybody who makes it past like day 30 done lost like a third of their body weight. I mean, it's just. It's like a mix of Survivor and Naked and Afraid. Mm -hmm. Yes, but they, I mean, like when they dropped them off in Vancouver Island, they were like, yeah, there's bears. And this is, you know, like the most cougar in the world. (laughs) here you know what i'm saying i'm good you have 10 wait you got 10 survival items that you can bring and ain't nobody brought a gun yet which means you probably can't bring one so like you know what i'm saying these motherfuckers are out here for real and i am just riveted because it's fascinating but it's a little gory can you make any can you choose whatever you want for the survival items yes you can choose your 10 survival items. i wonder how many people brought pumpkin spice <laughs> Nobody brought pumpkin. Can you choose a cabin? That would be my that would be my survival. You gotta be able to carry it in a backpack. (laughs) Oh my Jesus. I'm sorry. You just served that one up to me on a platter. I had to take it. Uh. pumpkin spice bow and arrows. Oh my god, can I just don't understand. It's just it bothers me. This whole pumpkin spice. What happened to peppermint? That used to be the December flavor. A little peppermint bark. You know, I just, what's wrong with good old-fashioned peppermint? Nothing. It's not pumpkin spice. Peppermint is kind of like old school, man. Like, you know, there's so many things been introduced since then. Like white chocolate. An abomination. White chocolate was around before pumpkin spice. It was. That's what I'm saying. But it came after peppermint. Did it? Yeah. Peppermint is like old school, like. You know what I'm saying? I remember when white chocolate came out. They brought that shit out for Easter. I was like, oh, I remember having that shit in the Easter basket. She was like, uh, I wanted to believe it was good. But back of my mind, I was like, you don't really enjoy this. It tastes <laughs> it's new. funny. It's new, so you're going to go with it. But nah, you don't really enjoy this. There are if a couple times like- that you're going to give me some vanilla flavor cocoa butter, you know what I'm saying, that I'm good with it. But when we insist on calling it white chocolate, I just get mad at it. Because there's no chocolate in it. No, it's, it's just cocoa no, butter. Don't do this. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Other things that should not be done. 
Um, Washington's football team picking up Reuben Foster. Uh, claiming off, off or waivers. claiming off waivers. Yeah. Doug Williams was caping for him kind of hard. I don't know why. So you sent me this, mm-hmm. and I have not been watching the NFL or following well, anything of, or related to Niggas for Life. <laughs> and <laughs> when you sent, I was like. What does like, NWA have to do with this? I didn't say niggas with attitude. I said niggas for life. Well, the album was niggas for life. Never mind. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Oh, don't worry about it. Don't oh, worry about it. Okay. oh. But it's yeah, okay. that's how they treat them, though. You always going to be a nigga. <laughs> run, nigga, run. Oh, run, black man, run. Sorry. Mm, yeah. Hi, everybody. <laughs> New way. What you were saying. So um, I had to go back and like read the backstory because I was like, Ruben, what? Uh-huh. And who? What? So apparently he's got a problem with keeping his hands to himself, which is not surprising because he's in the NFL. And he... um. Was arrested, was it earlier this year or last year? He's got a couple of things. He had marijuana charges. He no, had no, 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 they don't Multiple count. domestic abuse charges. His most recent thing, I think, was this year. Because there was one previous. Yeah, I he had stuff like, going back to when he was at Alabama. He had allegations going back like to when he was at Alabama. Summertime, but I think this this thing happened like in the summertime or like late. late you might be thinking of Kareem Hunt. Early fall. You might be thinking of Kareem Hunt too, because he also was on the hot seat for it. Well, he got he got. No, this is the one that that beat up the girl in the hotel room, right? That's mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt. Yeah, oh, no, that's no. not. Re- that's Kareem Hunt. Oh, like, I'm sorry, like, I read them both today. That's and- cool. Kareem Kareem Hunt like was like filmed uh, like uh, like pushing and like kicking. Kicking. Yeah, yeah, that's Kareem Hunt. Uh, he played for the Kansas City Chiefs past tense because he was removed from the team without the NFL saying, "Hey, you should do something about this." They just released him. And when they asked Patrick, uh, Mahomes, I can't remember his first name, but Mahomes, I think his first name was Mahomes, the sure. new quarterback that's been killing it in the NFL. Um, they asked him, well, he was like, yeah, we don't do that. That was his answer. Like, yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> well, is- you know who does? A franchise that keeps a racist-ass name as a team. It's well, interesting because he can't play. Yeah. Uh, it basically, so... For those who are not necessarily in in the know, or whatever, um, I'm not the most astute NFL person. But basically, um, if there is a team need, um, if there's a player that has been released from another team, that team that player can go on what's called waivers, and essentially the teams with the highest need can put in for that player to add them to their roster. And if they clear rate waivers and then the NFL approves it, then the team can bring them on at whatever their salary was and so forth and so on or whatever. So it's kind of like getting players after, you know, the trade deadline is passed and all this stuff or whatever. So you can be made whole if you lose somebody or something like that. Or if you have just a vacancy on your roster form. So um, the Redskins decided to claim this particular individual. The Washington NFL The Washington team. NFL team chose to claim him off. And sorry, I'm I'm life lifelong. I know, but we, I'm a therapist. Area. Will institute behavioral correction. Yeah, I believe it too. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen you with light switches. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to keep talking and pretend like that wasn't. Yeah. So anyway, all that being said, um, they they chose to claim them off waivers and then they went on the defensive to basically say it's not the big of a deal. The people in really high I'm saying they Doug Williams was saying there are people in really high, high positions in, in society that that uh that, that do way worse things and is, is even in the White House and so forth and so on and he caught a lot of heat. We over know that. and they just made one a judge too, but that don't mean that you got to have this nigga on Meh. But what I also want to contrast that with is you would rather have somebody who actively has behavioral issues in terms of like can't follow simple rules like, hey, 
Just don't smoke weed. You want to earn millions of dollars? Just don't smoke weed while you're doing it. You know, don't smoke weed. Don't be the shit out of your girlfriend. And and don't hit women. It's not hard to like not hit women. Niggas sit out for real for smoking weed, and we give niggas passes for beating the shit out of women that they have had children with and married. Yeah, and I would also just like to point out that that uh, Colin Kaepernick is still not been picked up by any NFL team. So what? If Donald Trump was a, a piehead, then we would all be good. I just, I, I just, I don't. Well, I'm not even understanding why it is that we cite his bad behavior as any kind of standard for anything other than bad behavior. Because, like, I just people keep talking about, well, the president does this, and it's like, all right, well, everybody mad about that. So, like, I mean, could you find a better example? Please? I mean, I feel like. The, the irony is that this is, again, showing like, okay, so if you want to, on one hand, as an NFL, say that you stand for moral uprightness and, 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 and values and all that stuff, and then talk about, like, you know, patriotism or whatever, and then have a president who, you know what, we can get it. That's the whole thing. I don't have to make that point. You, get, you, can, you can get that point on your own. The whole point is the NFL tries to make all these stances like they're for moral uprightness and that they're for all this like upright and positive shit. But then they continue to do stuff like this. It shouldn't he shouldn't even been able to go on waivers until this shit got cleared up. How the fuck is Ray Rice? <laughs> like, you know, Ray Ray Rice got kicked out of the league like really fast. Like, you know, like lost an entire season. Like the the how they do all these these little things in terms of how they find fault with particular players seems very political, yo. And it seems very like off. Like like if you're gonna make a, a decision on what side of the fence you stand on, you should like stick to that. And I just don't feel like the NFL really does that. So even if you weren't fucking with them over the whole, you know, the troops kneeling and shit. I mean, um, the, the the players kneeling or whatever whatever issues you had before then or whatever, their stances constantly on domestic abuse. At this point, are more than glaring. They're laughable. More than glaring. They stand on the side of capitalism, but they try to make it seem like they on the on the side of doing things in the right way, and that's what the shit that, that well, they that are me. because society tolerates wife beaters. You know what I'm saying? So. I'm assuming that because Rumor Foster was put on waivers, he's probably really talented. I mean, he played at Alabama, so he's probably really good. And, you know, like people who are really talented get like way more, you know, like, mm. uh, leeway to, to do bad shit, apparently. So, um, I feel like every team has a shit player, no matter how good you are. Yeah, it was a shit player on an NFL level. So, you know, it's like, you know. Also, I mean, I really have to question how good he is if Washington picked him up because you know they like picking up trash. <laughs> and speaking of Washington trash, why is RG3 still playing for anybody? Uh, dude got an arm. If he if they keep him upright, he's actually not a he bad a third quarterback. string quarterback. Okay, I know. He'll and be he a third a string quarterback for a long time. He might pick up a ring being a third string quarterback. I'm sure. I'm sure. So now I never get that twist, and a lot of people get their uh, rings, you know, like, shit, Trent Dilfer was a fucking first-string quarterback, and he was lame as hell, in my opinion. His defense carried him the entire season, but we don't have to get into sports talk. I'm sorry. Sorry. Well, we can talk about another sports-related thing. Sure. Let's, 
that I'm disgusted by. Dwight Howard. Uh, I'll let you step into that one. I'm <laughs> unfamiliar. I'm, I'm aware. Yeah, I yeah. think I vaguely heard about this, but did not read the. This details. does not surprise me. The allegations. Uh, so I'm. It's less about the allegations. Um, someone accused him of being homosexual, and said he had a relationship with him, and like recorded conversations or texts or whatever. And the thing that bothered me though is like I'm. I just have issues with people outing people. And whatever the relationship or interaction was or was not, I wasn't there. I don't know what did or did not happen or what did or did not transpire between who was or was not there. I wasn't. Um, But just this idea of like, oh, if it's true, if it's not true, let's out him and like paint him in some light because now there's. They're memes, definitely. Yeah. So and we I'm, don't re- we like to pretend like we are okay with homosexuality, um, but it seems like we kind of aren't. I'm torn about outing because I feel like if you are outing your relationship, you know, it's kind of a gray area because it is half. I mean, it's your life too. You know, but I mean, it's clearly on some petty shit. So, eh. but I also feel like for the most part, people should just be able to live their lives. And the only time I think that I'm kind of really maybe not so against outing is when people. You can't be super homophobic and anti-gay in public. And, you know what I'm saying, be, you know what I'm saying, a raging homosexual in private. Like, I think that is problematic. Isn't that some um, of our senators and congressmen? It, it is. And the reality is, on some levels, I, I don't have a problem with those people being outed because they promote a political stance or an ideology. Or in the case of very public figures, they make it seem like this is a socially acceptable you know, thing to say or do or feel. And so I, you know, I'm not sympathetic to those people that get out it. I don't know the circumstances of Dwight Howard's issues, but it sounds like it's just some petty, you know, like mad lover shit to me. And I just feel like, I mean, on the one hand, it's his lover's life. You know what I'm saying? He gets to talk about what goes on in his life. On the other hand, that's petty and like the best thing that could happen to you is loving hip hop. So and not that that's a bad thing because I love me some Cardi B, you know what I'm saying? But like, I mean, like, I guess what I'm saying is the best that anybody who's doing some shit like that could really hope for is that they, you know, end up being their own reality TV star. And I just feel like that's gross. Which I mean, he's not you know, really. I mean, he had a a, a son with a woman some years ago. Yeah, and she was on Basketball, on Basketball Wives. Wives, and she could not say his name. Um, she could not mention his kid. Mention the kid. Kid. kid couldn't be on there. Kid couldn't appear. Um, she was off the chain, wasn't she? Wasn't she kind of quick? She, she, she was a while. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow, that makes it even worse. That you know what I mean. Petty is as petty does. Oh shit. Well, I could understand what like like if you know what Basketball I mean, Wives is. I don't know if I want people like. Is- what what goes around comes around. I don't I don't know if that equates. 
I don't know if that equates. Like if ba- the way basketball wives are structured, there's nothing positive positive that comes out of basketball wives. So you're gonna go on basketball wives because you had a relationship with me and we had a kid. That's fine. But then you're gonna try to parlay having a kid with me and then like use my name to get out there and and make and, me look and fight and throw drinks. Yeah, and look crazy and all this stuff. And then also bring my kid into that. Nah, I'm, I'm contractually if I have some saying, then like you're not gonna put my name out there. You're not going to put my totally kid out there. It's okay for people to say that you can't involve my child in a situation because the child is a minor. They don't have no consent. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They're entitled to their privacy. They're entitled to their childhood. But I don't think you get to tell some broad that she don't get to talk about you when you was coming all up in her. Like, th- that shit just don't work for me. Why? You don't get... Because that's her fucking life. And if she wants to talk about it, then she gets to talk about it. And if you don't like that shit, then pick other bitches to fuck. And come in. Amen. You reap what you sow. I don't. I don't. So I don't agree don't, with and, that. And, <laughs> no, no, it, no. It is because the real issue is he don't want to be associated with her because he think he better than that. But you not because you had a whole last person with her. That's not. That's not necessarily the case though. I mean, it, essentially, again, if you want to go on reality TV and make an ass of yourself, do that by yourself. I don't need no, to be involved right, with that. But, but if you're. But but but. You get to talk about your life. The only reason why she's relevant is because you was fucking Dwight Howard. That doesn't make any sense. And you get to talk about some dude that you used to fuck. Because that's your life. Right. Okay. And the reality is, these dudes know what the deal is. If he didn't want her, if you don't want the kind, if you don't want women talking about you, then don't fuck the kind of women that might go and talk about you to get famous. It's really just that simple. Because everybody is entitled to talk about their personal life if they want to. We don't have to like it, but that's actually how it is. Okay. So w- I think what we're losing sight of, well, I'm not going to say that. I don't, I'll word it differently. I'm I, not losing sight No, no. That's why I said I'm going to word it differently. It's, it's all trash. But the reality is you reap what you sow. Okay. So what I would simply say is people get to talk about their personal life and that's cool. That's fine. But when you talk about personal life in a public forum where there's nothing to check against what you're saying, those become allegations of slander potentially, which becomes a legal situation that neither one of us wants to be embroiled in. Then he could sue her, but the reality Why even go through all that? Just like a trash like, yo, just don't mention my name. I think that's a smart way to handle it. She she gets to talk about her life the way she wants to. Okay. Apparently not. No, she's she, she signed that <laughs> no, form. No, apparently not. I'll go on this show, no, and I can't talk about but, but you. The, but the reality is, you know what I'm saying. And she still she still got on the show, so I don't see what the problem is. But you can't get your secret lover, you know what I'm saying, to sign the same contract. So you know, here we are. And maybe if you weren't so controlling and so trash and so trying to control the message about your trashness, we wouldn't be here right now. And I feel like people still should be afforded some. Degree of privacy. Thank you. I, I I don't agree with the idea, but just because you're a public figure, people get to talk about your shit. I mean, it's just like, I feel like, for example, if somebody- People get to talk about their lives. They get to talk about their, their lives, lives, but you're you're not their life, yours. though. That's but the whole they, point. But if their life rubs up against yours in a really real what way- What does that mean? You get to talk about that. But the other reality is, most of the time, the bras ain't talking about anything. They just being them. We we will just agree to disagree. I hear what you're saying. I I feel like if somebody dated you or whatever, and then they got on the TV show because they dated you or whatever, that don't you know they can talk about them, 
But for them to then start talking about all the shit that happened between you and them or whatever, I think that's kind of whack. I wouldn't care because I don't want anybody to tell me what I can or can't say. That's great. And the reality (laughs) is, you know what I'm saying? People can say what they want to say. Okay. I will. But also sometimes that saying what they want to say comes with uh, saying things that maybe aren't exactly how things happen. A hundred percent. I mean, non-biased that happens, truth that happens in everybody's life the only difference is you're famous and that shit is magnified and the reality is actions have consequences you know what i'm saying and the people you associate with you know what i'm saying when you're famous that has really real consequences and so you know it's really fucked up to be famous and not be able to make a certain amount of mistakes you know what i'm saying because they will probably come to light because somebody will want to you know what i'm saying live off of them but the other reality is that is one of the responsibilities that comes with fame. You got to manage your personal life on a whole different level. And if you don't want to be associated with people who are going to go out and do shit like that, then don't associate with people who are going to go no out and do shit that. like that. But there's no way to know that. Right. There's no way to know that. The like, only like we, reason <laughs> we're even discussing this is because he reportedly had sex with another man or... Allegedly allegedly had sex with another man Or maybe I didn't read the whole article Or maybe a transgender woman Mm -hmm. And we know how um, We know how America has problems With transgender women And so the only reason We're even discussing this If he had just been out like You know Fucking some bitch And she was like Oh I used to fuck Dwight Howard Who would really care Look how many times Someone has come out And said like Oh I hooked up with Drake all right, bitch, get in line. You and how many other women have hooked up with with Drake? Okay, so what? Who cares? It's like his, uh, NBA star got two Instagram models pregnant at the same time. Who cares? Also, yeah. So, so what? But they're women, right? It's, it's, yeah, it's a so, thing. Yeah. So it's not important yeah. until it becomes like something that's salacious, like, oh, but you was fucking a dude. Or you was fucking a dude that claimed to be a woman but still a dude because that's how... A lot of people look at transgender women. And and that's the issue I have with it. Like, I feel like even, I mean, I mean, when you start getting into issues of sexuality, it's like people feel like privacy is no longer something that should be allowed. And it's like, okay, well, if you just, if you're heterosexual, you know, yeah, it's okay. We'll take a couple of pictures of you, you out with this chick, whatever, whatever. But when it becomes like, oh, you're you're laying up with other dudes and you're a dude and you're look at you you're like 611 or I don't know how tall Dwight Howard is but oh you're 611 and you're a bottom or you're verse or like like no, all I, of that I is totally like unnecessary understand. I totally understand all of those dynamics you know what I'm saying and I am not saying that I want to be him you know what I'm saying I have been very, you know what I'm saying, upfront about the fact that I do not have the personality for fame, you know what I'm saying? Because like, I just, I'm not for that. You know what I'm saying? I don't like the spotlight. You know what I'm saying? I want people in my business like that. And for me, it would be less about, you know, oh, is somebody going to ask you an uncomfortable question in an interview and more about the fact that like, oh my God, you like, you're going through my trash. That's fucking ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Or you got telephoto lenses trained on my house. That's ridiculous. So, you know, I'm not built for that. You know what I'm saying? But these are, you know what I'm saying? The very real trade-offs that people make 
when they have, you know what I'm saying, certain jobs, certain lifestyles, and like it's fucked up. And I think that one of the most fucked up things about being famous is that if you have, you know what I'm saying, a non-traditional, you know, sexuality or love style, you know what I'm saying, you totally risk being outed. And one of the things that you have to figure out for yourself, if that's what you're going to do is, you know what I'm saying, are you going to be upfront about this? Or you won't let it come out, you know what I'm saying? And how do you handle it when it comes out? You know what I'm saying? I just, it's not a position I want to be in, but, you know, it is what it is. And I feel like I didn't read the story. I don't even know what happened. On so many levels, it might not have even been the little ex-lover that outed you. It could have been that y'all was seen somewhere in public, you know what I'm saying? Or public-private. And all of that shit. I mean, like, I personally have gained nothing and nothing has been brought to my life from some you know, fuck boy at a security hotel, you know what I'm saying? Leaking this video of Jay-Z, Beyonce and Solange in the video. But the reality is somebody leaked it because it's interesting. You know what I'm saying? And the reality is as fucked up as it is, sometimes fame and notoriety means that the people affiliated with you will be relevant just because they're affiliated with you. So and it's always going to be for the worst parts of who you are. Right. And just to kind of, one of the things that you said um, about living an alternate lifestyle Y'all know I watch The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Don't trip. So Candy has been very open about the fact that she has been with a woman or women. Mm -hmm. Um, And so every time there's a conversation about, you know, freak numbers or um, like this past week or the week before, they were like, who would you want to be trapped on an island with? And you know, it, it they bring it up so much about like, oh, well, yeah, Candy, because, you know, Candy's, you know, Candy's into women and, you know, oh, you want to try, you want to be with a woman, you want to be with Candy, you want to try. And it's like, so on a level, it's like you damned if you do, you damned if you don't, because if somebody finds out, then they want to throw it in your face. And if you're open and honest about it, somebody wants to throw it in your face. So my friend sent me an article. I think it might have come from BuzzFeed, maybe Jezebel. I don't know. But anyway, it was about um, a woman who went to hedonism and she was staying on hedonism, too. And she was, you know, all nervous because, you know, she's not approved. But, you know what I'm saying? She's not in any way associated with, you know, the lifestyle. So she's, you know, having all this angst about, oh, I'm going to go there and people are going to be naked. They're going to be engaged in sex acts and what are they going to do? And, oh, my God, you know, it's all this, you know going through her mind before she gets there. And then she gets there. And the first time, you know what I'm saying? The first thing she sees once she gets settled in the hotel room and looks out the window is that, you know, there's a couple having sex, you know what I'm saying? On, you know, the chase on the lounge in front of her by the pool. And she like, you know, had to take a moment, you know what I'm saying? And then she looked around and realized that nobody else who was actually outside with them gave a fuck. They were all, you know what I'm saying? Going about their lives and their business and everything like that. And then she had this other moment of angst, you know what I'm saying? Before she was going to go outside, like, oh, do I put a bathing suit on? Do I take a bathing suit off? Do I put a bathing suit on? And finally she was like, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? I'm here for this. You know what I'm saying? Let me just get over this. And the long story short is that what she realized at the end of her trip was that, you know what I'm saying? It was it took being surrounded by people who, you know, don't care or are really free about their nudity and their sexuality to understand that it's only a big deal for people who aren't comfortable with their own, you know, nudity or sexuality. And so I feel like, again, I don't I don't really watch Housewives every now and then I'll do a check in. But I feel like Candy's attitude is probably 
on the inside, probably a little tired and maybe a little on the outside tired of like, you know, please don't let me be your go to, you know what I'm saying, for like this conversation right here, because like, you know, get your own frame of reference, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like develop your own point of view. I mean, but then, you know what I'm saying? She is making a good living off of the sex toys and, you know what I'm saying? The radio show, you know, on the other hand, you know, I'm sure that she's like as tiresome as it is, you know what I'm saying? This is kind of sort of what I signed up for. So it is what it is. But I feel like those women, you know, you people being hung up on what other people are doing for orgasm says more about them than it does about people who are getting orgasms that people think are weird. You know what I'm saying? And I would just like to say, for the record, that most people do not have missionary style penis and vagina sex on a regular basis. That's not like their standard position. That's not like the only thing that they do. They do lots of other things. So in reality, since what people consider to be normal is really PIV, you know what I'm saying, missionary style sex, most people are having, you know what I'm saying, abnormal sex. And so we should just all get over it. Missionaries not to be slept on, though. I think a lot of people overlook it after you get to a certain point. Hmm? So I, I, I said missionaries not to be slept on, though. No. I think a lot of people think of missionaries because it's missionaries, the fact, though, that you just like overlook missionary, but uh, I mean, it has its moments, but it's all about how you angle things. Yeah, it is. If you angle things correctly, then missionary can be a joyful ride. I mean, it has its moments. I'm mm. not saying it doesn't. Many, many strokes. So, speaking of being able to say what you want, uh, transitioning over to CNN firing Mark Lamont Hill uh, for his comments about there being a free Palestine and how quickly he was fired. Uh, If you're not aware, Mark Lamont Hill had a speech in front of a UN summit and he was critical. um, According to him, he was critical about not only uh, the way Israeli, um, uh, uh, Israel treats Palestinian uh, citizens. He was also critical of Egypt and Syria and, Saudi Arabia, um, but he was he, he did go into depth about his 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 uh, stance on the unjust uh, and unequal treatment of those in Palestine, and, and, t- and gave like numbers and statistics and facts to back up what he was saying. Basically, calling for fairness and peace for all people, and that got him fired. So I just thought that was interesting, you know, because again, like we we as a country, being the United States, are so. Uh, tied to being an, uh, an Israeli ally, that sometimes we can we ourselves can overlook things that are not healthy or not cool. I, I'm I'm trying to be you know mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not I the think, best but, at politics at all the time, so I just you know America I try not has to, such an erection for Israel. Yeah, a lot but of I think do. the thing we have to remember about Israel is one, that you know. While we usually pretend like we favor, you know what I'm saying, the people who are fighting for freedom, the reality is ain't nobody going to let the last European colonial settler state, you know what I'm saying, go down in flames anytime soon. Even though they are running a de facto apartheid state that has done more to legally disenfranchise their Palestinian and, you know, non-Jewish residents than South Africa actually did with black people. You know what I'm saying? But like, whatever. 
And I feel like we should have a real hard on for Israel in this country, not because we actually care about what goes on in Israel, but because some of the largest private prison groups in this country are actually Israeli companies with U.S. subsidiaries. And a lot of the practices that they use on the Palestinians over there that they're experimenting with, they then, you know what I'm saying, export or import to us, you know what I'm saying, as standard prison practice. You know what I'm saying? And they also, you know, sell a lot of those, you know, advanced crowd control, you know, non, you know what I'm saying, uh, actual like non-gun weapons. They make a lot of stun guns. They make a lot of pepper sprays. It's just you know like the pepper saying? pepper that and, you could put on, on your on your nachos. nachos it's so and so right, right, ex- exactly. Just, so because they actually import a lot we, we because we import a lot of their weapons, you know what I'm saying, that are used by our militarized police forces and they um the practices that they use in their prisons for both interrogation and detainment to break people's spirits and also just the designs of their prisons and some of the protocols that they use, they, 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 we import that. And so we should care deeply because, you know what I'm saying, what goes on in Israel as anti-Palestine shows up here as anti-black. Or anti-people of color. A- anti-anything, right. not white. Let's do that. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can go with that, but I mean, it. all Just go with it. Is, is fundamentally rooted in anti-blackness. And so, you know. Just go with it. I mean, I could go with it. <laughs> I was leaning in. We out jail anybody, so, you know. That we do. Over 25% of the world's population, prison population, is right here in the good old U.S. of A. Make America great again. Yeah. And what is it, like 60, 70% black? You know what I'm saying? Even though we only 12% of the population? Oh, man. That's, that's anti-blackness right there. Everybody else is talking so, I feel like we need to have a conversation because you're like bringing them because like I'll, I hear between 12 and 13 percent of the population and there are other numbers that throw out there in terms of like black women being the heavy, most heavily degreed um, uh, demographic within the country. There are a lot of those subsections that we can get into in terms of statistics and all that. But the overall 12 to 13 percent or whatever, those who commit violent crimes of that 12 to 13 percent is is fractional of the actual 12 to 13 percent. And on top of that is there's also something to be said about the census and how the census actually plays into the level of services, the, the type of services that we get um, in terms of education, funding, and all that stuff, whatever. So I feel like we need to have a broader conversation when I get smarter on that. But I've been listening to that on like talk radio over the last yeah, year or so. Which is why that where uh, are you a resident question or are you a citizen question is so troubling on the new census. Mm. Is that a... Is that a, is that they added that on there? Yes, it will be added on there, and it's troubling. How not surprising? Historically, it prevents people who are not, you know, um, citizens, even though they may be residents, or even and part of a community, you know, even mm-hmm. or even undocumented. Mm-hmm. You know, the Constitution says that every goddamn body. Every person has to be counted for the census. It doesn't say anything about are they citizens, are they residents or anything. It says how many motherfuckers are living in this country when we send this little survey here around. We want to know all of the people who are here so that we can figure out all of what services we have to give. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now, the Constitution didn't say all of that. But what it said was we want to know who the fuck is here. And it doesn't, you know what I'm saying, get any more specific other than who the fuck is here. 
You know what I'm saying? And it's very specific about we want to know everybody who's here, who's living here. So, Which I mean, you goes know, into they're trying like, to violate the Constitution or, the, or they're trying to make an end run around something yeah. that would be a violation mm-hmm. of the Constitution. Yeah, yeah. And they're trying to do it because they really want to disenfranchise, you know, who they think are the bulk of illegal, undocumented immigrants, which are Latinos, because they're afraid because Latinos end up in red districts and they turn them purple and then blue. Well, I think this also... To be fair, I think that's generational because a lot of people who come here as first generation, a lot of times come here, whether they're Latino or not, come here and they they tend to be a lot of times more red than anything because they buy into the whole pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Uh, like, you know, you got to like work for everything you get, blah, blah, blah. They get into the real like hardcore rhetoric that we we espouse to people outside of this country. And that's what they come here believing. And then they they live by that 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 that, that model, whatever. And it's a lot of times their kids and their kids kids are basically like, ah, you need to chill the fuck out. Because a, a lot of people who came in from Cuba, uh, like, you know, settled in Florida. A lot of them motherfuckers are red. A lot of their kids, though. Nah. Mm-hmm. So I I think it, I think it can play and I've talked I, to people. I think I think part of it is generational, but I think part of it also has to do with what your parents' status was when you came here. You know, a lot of those Cuban refugees, you know what I'm saying, with the capitalists that that were being, you know, their their wealth and their land was being, yeah, you know what I'm saying, so nationalized. Definitely so they were fleeing red. with all of their, you know, their wealth, you know mm. what I'm saying? And so, you know, they have a very different perspective than, you know, maybe even some of the Cubans who, you know, are coming here now. Because even though you may be fleeing, you know, that, you know what I'm saying, uh, regime, you know what I'm saying, that doesn't mean that you're so thrilled with, you know what I'm saying, the conservatism that's being preached here because it's very anti, you know what I'm saying, immigrant. Yeah, but you know a lot saying? of, I mean, that that's more, I think that's more recent. I'm just speaking just traditionally over, the, I would say, the last few decades leading up to, like, where we are now, this no, rampant no, I, xenophobia. I, 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 I totally agree with you, but I think that there are a lot of people who come here, you know, as refugees, and they, you know, have a very different outlook on life because there are a lot of people who come here as refugees and their communities are so marginalized that, you know, they day, you know what I'm saying, many of them are still going to be poor, you know what I'm saying, and, you know, they're definitely living a lot more safely, you know, on some, in some ways here, but, you know, the, the reality is, you know, to come here and never be able to really get ahead or get the respect that you need because, you know, you are brown, you do speak another language, you do have a heavy accent, you know, maybe you weren't, you know, college educated, you know, before you left your country. Because I think that there's, you know, all different kinds of immigrant stories, but I think that, you know, there are many immigrants who come here uneducated and are, you know, will remain that way. And I think that there are also immigrants who come here who were educated, who, because of the circumstances at which they had to enter the country, aren't able to or can't afford to do the retraining that they need to. And so they, too, despite, you know, their education and their status at home, will never be able to progress past a certain, you know, class status here. So I think that, you know, a lot of immigrants, you know, come here and, you know, there's a wide variety of what they may or, you know, the political ideologies that they may or may not align with here because you know everybody's there's a wide range of experiences that go on and everybody who comes here you know doesn't get a j1 visa
Cole. All right, I'm getting the signal. To uh, <laughs> I'm getting an ag- I'm getting an aggressive signal to <laughs> wrap this up. Really, that's rude. How do you give me something and then take this it? This is more upstairs. Let's focus. I'm I mean, sorry. but still. It was, it was and then if the I open show. this Reese's cup on the on the and mic, you're gonna be like, "Man, I gotta try to edit that out." You're right. I'm a hypocrite. The air don't be on in the summer. The heat don't be on in the winter. You know what I'm saying? You ain't providing snacks, and then you tried to take a little half a snack. What have I not provided snacks show? in this house? The one thing I provide is snacks and water. You do have lots of snacks. You don't always have food, but you do have lots of snacks. She's you live off of snacks. Snack he did. He he literally just grabbed this from me. Like, oh, we're wrapping this up. I'm gonna take this Reese's cup because you were eating. I didn't think because we we're recording. Hello. Bad, bad hosting, and in that moment, you know what I'm, I'm saying. I'm a terrible yeah, host. Everybody knows that. Your fridge, but she's she's still a guest. Right. She's not a guest. I am a guest. You're not a guest. I am a guest. Guests don't get to go in my cabinets unchecked and just do whatever Look, they want. And guests will get to fucking cut my cake. I'm sorry. It just came back. I'm sorry. That wasn't you. That, that was you know. I'm sorry. That's like I didn't cut a cake. I know, but you know, you know, I'm just. <laughs> I need Tracy to make another lemon cake. Yeah, that needs to happen. <laughs> So we um <laughs> we're spinning off the rails a little bit. We're gonna go ahead and <laughs> wrap this up. Thank you for joining us this week. Make sure to come back next week. Make sure to check us out on all those social media channels and also on the places you listen to podcasts. Yeah, and share us with friends, um, like Lee did with that Reese's cup that he then tried to take back. Yeah. But then get back to me, so um, signing off. <laughs> T Rich. Davinci Parks, aka Lee Bennett the Third. K Savage, hoping that you are recovering well from your holiday. Remember to love yourself and love each other. Stay blessed, stay woke. Oh, have a good week, friends. Not a good orgasm. Year up, because <laughs> Christmas is coming another holiday mail to me. Like, like missionary. Oh, God.